Welcome to the Character Combine Podcast. I'm Josh Takimoto. And I am Deb McCollum. And thank you for joining us again. We're excited to be back. Yes, we are. We're always excited to be back here yes, podcasting. It's absolutely. It is. It's yeah. been this is gonna be the forty-third. Forty-third episode. Yes. Yep. This comes so out. We're coming up that's to a, a year. That's crazy. It mm-hmm. doesn't like forty-three, it's like, uh, oh, like that's an you know, doesn't seem like a high number, but if you think about it once a one a week, because how many weeks are in a year? 52. 52. 52. That's crazy. So it's very, yeah, very crazy. It's the end of October. We're coming up to a year soon. Yep. And yeah, I think it's, a, I think it's a cool thing. Yeah. Like I mentioned before, I do think that a lot of podcasts when they first start off don't really keep going. Yeah. Which I get. We've talked about before. I get it because it is a time commitment. It's work. It's work. Yeah. And, and I wouldn't know anything about this, but on your end, it's work with all the editing and putting it out that's there. That's very and Josh true. Josh does all that. I don't even. I have that's no okay, idea. though. Deb shows up mm. on time most of the time. On time most of the time. Not yes. today. Not today. Not that's today. Okay. That's okay. But she. <laughs> Traffic and I was hungry, so I had to stop and get. That was the main thing. Burger King. Which I get because yeah. we don't want a grumpy, no. a grumpy co host. We don't. <laughs> Especially today because we're talking about. Personalities. Personalities. <laughs> you would get a different person. That we'll we'll get into that later. Anyway. You would hear we, growls of her stomach. Yes. You'll hear and just it, her growling. And just yeah, you won't get the nice personality of me. No. <laughs> Which is fine for all of you because you're not sitting in the same room as her. But for me, it would kind of suck. That's true. So I'd prefer not to deal with that. <laughs> um. So the personality thing that we're going to talk about is um, the Enneagram test, and um, I'm sure, or at least Josh and I, I think, are sure some of you or most of you out there have taken it, or I've at least heard of it, and if you haven't, you need to take it, because it's really interesting, and I actually recommend taking it um, one, like once or twice a year, because I, 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 it, I was telling Josh, it changed for me, I took it a year ago, I think a year ago, maybe a little less than a year ago, but it totally flipped, like the, my type that I got last year is like, such a low percentage now and I'm a different type it's 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 interesting just well you know you go through different things in life and things change and you have a new outlook and but um but anyway it's really interesting so Enneagram um E-N-N-E-A-G-R-A-M I don't know I think you just google it and then you just take it takes like 10 minutes the test yeah and there's a bunch of them out there I I always try to find the ones that don't require my email address oh yeah oh totally yeah it's free yeah that That really makes me mad when I get through 10 uh-huh. pages of questions and said, Hey, you want your results? Mm. Give the emails like, yeah. Oh, I don't want them that bad. So right. sorry. Well, this one, this one like offered, it said, do you want them emailed to you? Yes or no. And if right. not, no, we'll just give you the results and then boom. So that was nice. Yeah. And so you didn't have to, if I can remember to do this in the show notes, I will put the link to the okay. one that we took mm-hmm. that way. Okay. You know, everybody's yeah. using the same one that, that yeah. we did. And I think it's, it is an interesting test. I think I want to say it was really big maybe a year ago. Yeah, I, I think I, I think I first heard about it about a year ago. Yeah, and there's a, a million personality right. things out there. Mm-hmm. Um, anybody who's taken a psychology class or anything like that, 
knows that there's a bunch of those out there. Anybody who has Facebook has probably clicked on one of those personality yep. tests. You know, which TV character are you most like? Right. Well, that's more so a click. And then I think Facebook just kind of guesses and gives you <laughs> some so. crazy number statistic or description. They're pretty funny, though. They are pretty funny. They are. Yeah. But but, but this one requires you got to answer questions as best you can. Um I mean, to be honest, some of them, I mean, it's a lot of questions, but it doesn't take that long. And the, and right. they, the questions kind of make you think. For a lot of them, I, sometimes I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> and so, But yeah. it gives you a scale. Like you can do less likely and then it dots all the way to most likely. And mm -hmm. anyway, so it's, you know, so it's not a, just a yes or no type thing. It kind of gives you a scale that you can kind of guess on, you know, your own personality. So right. I thought it was good. Yeah, no, I think so. And it's really in depth. That's the cool thing about yeah. this specific one is there's a lot of elements to it so you can read it into it as much as you want mm -hmm. we're going to try our best to explain it just the very yeah. basic idea of it we were looking at it before we started recording mm -hmm. we're like you know what this would probably not be the best idea for us to like fully try to explain it because <laughs> it's, well, it's a lot and it really depends it is a lot but like just you know that we're, we're both looking at our phones because we have them pulled up but the website gives you just for all there's nine types and for each type, it gives you a basic like two sentence description, but it says, if you want to read more, click here. And then it's like five more pages. Right, <laughs> And it right, goes right. way into depth. But I think we, we can just read like the short descriptions. And I think that that. Yeah, I think yeah. so. I think that'd be okay. good. And just, again, you'll have to look this up online yeah. to, to get the visual, but for everybody who's listening right now, it's a, it's a circle, it's like a pie chart yeah. or a circle. This one, this one has, happens to be mm -hmm. kind of like a pie chart, but others, it's all these, it's like a, like a clock. Yeah. And <laughs> Josh is laughing at me. I just, I got my second uh, earlobe piercing a few weeks uh, ago and I just smacked it on accident with my hand and it hurt. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, ow. All right. That distracted so anyways, Josh. <laughs> it threw me off a little bit. I didn't know what she was doing. So <laughs> anyways. Anyway, the pie chart. Yeah. So the numbers are in a, basically in a circle formation. Yeah. So that helps explain some of the types and, right. and some different things that we'll get yeah. into. But again, it would be best for everyone just to look it up to, to get that visual because mm -hmm. it's kind of hard to explain. Yeah. I but wish we ahead. had, um, if this were a video podcast, it'd be much better <laughs> so we could show them. Anyway, One day it will be. Deb's, Deb what? has wanted to do that from the very beginning. Yes. And I have yet to follow through with it. So anyway, <laughs> nine. It's tough. So <laughs> it's we're, tough. we're trying. We're trying. It's tough. Um, okay. So there are nine types. So, um, uh, let's see. Hang on. So type one um, is called the perfectionist. And the description is um, one's place a lot. Uh, excuse me. No, the number one, they place a lot of emphasis on following the rules and doing things correctly. And then it says, you know, read more about ones here. So that's the perfectionist. And then personality type number two is called the giver. They want to be liked and find ways that they can be helpful to others so that they can belong. And just a disclaimer, um, for those of you who are about to take it or are taking it right now, like as we talk or have already t have already taken it, um, the Enneagram uh, website kind of made a disclaimer saying, okay, a lot of women are going to score high <laughs> on type two. And if that's the, if that's you and you're going to look at your next highest one, because women Deb's are laughing, Deb's laughing because my two was fairly high. <laughs> She couldn't control herself. <laughs> it's okay. There's nothing to be ashamed about. No, no, but... no. No, trust me. Uh, over my 31 years of life, this has happened a lot. Any psychology class I've taken or communications class when we do this, mm. and they say, hey, never fails. They say, hey, we're going to take this test, and then you split up into different areas of the room yeah. based on what type you are. And then 
sure enough, I'm surrounded by all women, which if I wasn't, you know, back in the day, if I wasn't dating my now wife, yeah. it'd been awesome. But <laughs> I was. And so I didn't even like, get the benefit of that. I was yeah, just, like, well, hey ladies, how you doing? <laughs> Josh joining the group. So yep. anyway, twos the giver. A lot of um, women and Josh score high on that one. <laughs> so, but I get and it said because women are taught to be that way and you know to do that. Um, so that's anyway disclaimer for that one. That mm-hmm. was, that was not my highest score. But anyway, type three. <laughs> type three is the achiever. They want to be successful and admired by other people and are very conscious of their public image. That reminds me a lot of like teachers and coaches and stuff, which we'll get into that, hmm, of course, later. Yeah, like yeah. I just that just clicked. Um, type four is the individualist. They want to be unique and experience deep emotions. And then type five is the investigator. They seek understanding and knowledge and are more comfortable with data. Ra- excuse me, more comfortable with data than other people. <laughs> so statistics rather than dealing with people. Type six. That's not me. <laughs> yeah, not me. Type six, the loyalist. They're preoccupied with security, seek safety, and like to be prepared for problems. Type seven, the enthusiast. They want to have as much fun and adventure as possible and are easily bored. Type eight is the challenger. They see themselves as strong and powerful and seek to stand up for what they believe in. And then the last one, type nine, is the peacemaker. And they like to keep a low profile and let the people around them set the agenda. That's a lot. So obviously we don't expect you guys to memorize all that. But um, no. Yeah. But those are the nine, those are the nine types. Um, and it's just interesting. And you get, pers- you get um, when you take the test, it breaks it down for you by percentage. Um, cause, you know, because all of us are some of these in some capacity. Right. So it, you know, it'll say your highest score is like a, you know, 76. I'm just looking at mine right now. 76 and the next one is a 42 and a 29. Like my lowest one was type four, the individualist, but I still scored 26% in that area. And that was my lowest one. Okay. Um, and I got, yeah, 39% on type nine, which is the peacemaker. Uh, all right. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to make of that, but josh does not like to make peace i guess not it's like it, i'm staying out of this well when it's funny because last year that was my highest score was the peacemaker and so i literally took this last night again because that's what i was going to go with you know coming into this episode i'm like oh i'm nine and then i'm like no okay i'm gonna take it again i'm curious and now i scored way low on the nine um like i said my, my nine was 31 percent. so my highest that i scored actually um i'm a type seven the enthusiast and that gave me a 76 percent so and i don't even remember what percentage of that was for me last time but it's just interesting because um like that's why i recommend taking it once or twice a year because sometimes it'll fluctuate and change um and just i don't know you just your outlook on life changes i think um and your circumstances change too so depending on when you take it something could be going on that could Uh affect that so for example my yeah, last time I took this, I was a uh, very strong type two. And so uh wasn't really that close either. That, the giver. <laughs> the giver. And uh, this time, though, I, it was edged out by type three, okay. which is the achiever. Okay. Um, which I think is interesting because yeah, cause I thought about this when I took it. Some of that might have to do with this podcast, too. Yeah, because that makes sense this doing this podcast really kind of changes your mindset towards mm-hmm. certain things and it puts it 
not changes your mindset. It puts you in a different mindset. Yeah. Um, because you have to go out and try to get in contact with mm-hmm. guests. You have to make sure it gets out every week because that's what we've committed to doing. Yeah. We have to kind of schedule all that stuff and make sure it sounds good. Mm-hmm. So I think that type of thing has affected yeah. this season. So it might be one of the main reasons why yeah yeah it's funny because so that's my second highest is the achiever and i don't that was not even on my radar of my chart last year at all i remember looking at it and being like oh okay whatever that sucks (laughs) i don't want to achieve anything i guess last year (laughs) and so but now but but this year so i'm i think that's probably why too since we started this back in january um now did you have so yeah maybe the the podcast is part of it but for you were you doing were you heavy into the fitness business? Um, I had just then? started it, um, but I, yeah. And now that I think about it, I had just started it, and I wasn't as, I w- I, w- I didn't have the this the, that many clients under my belt and teams under my belt that I do now. So maybe that's what it is too. Right. I don't know. Well, and some of your maybe some of your writing projects as well. Yeah. Yeah. You know I mean, so right. That's that would true. definitely like to write. play a part. But I just want everybody to know that my. Uh, that was my first and that was her second. So I'm just trying to achieve a little bit more <laughs> now. That's now. fine. It's not a big deal. <laughs> right. And then, yeah. <laughs> no big deal. And then my third highest is, was the giver, but I just credit the, to that cause I'm a woman. So yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. So it's Josh apparently. <laughs> so I, that's okay. Not, <laughs> this is the podcast that will get, get us shut down. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Everyone be like, I want to hear more. You may be. Bag on Josh. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> but um, my my highest type seven, the enthusiast, it makes sense now because it says they want to um, just have adventure and they're easily bored and they want to have fun. Not that life is all fun and games for me, but like I do, like I'm always on the go. And that's like if you read deeper into this, the, into the description, it tells you a little more and it says, you know, sevens are always on the go. They have different projects going on. Um, they're easily bored, which that is totally me. <laughs> that's why I I'd always tell my my uh, students. That's why I teach PE, and I'm not in a classroom because I can't hold still. Like I can't. I have to move. Like we transition, and we literally like I have to physically move. So sitting sitting down for this podcast is like the longest all day that I ever sit down. By the way, so you're welcome, and I hold still. We appreciate that for the most part. <laughs> Everybody thanks you for that. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, but it's. Um, this test is really interesting to see like how you change over the years if you take it you know Mm -hmm. for a few years even twice a year so yeah no it's very interesting and uh, yeah like we said before i would definitely recommend it and there's it's not just a matter of looking at the type that matches you best Mm -hmm. but there's there's so much more to it Mm -hmm. uh you have the what they call wings yeah which are is the type that's on either side of your basic trait your biggest trait like the right. highest percentage okay. right so again that's why when i mentioned earlier with it yeah. being in a circle it, it will make more sense when you see it the mm. actual visual of it but there's two numbers to you know on either side on either side of your dominant trait yeah and the one that's the most out of the two of those says something about you i forgot exactly what it means we tried yeah. looking it up i don't it, think we should probably shouldn't try to explain it <laughs> we'll explain it wrong probably yeah um, well, okay. So let me, I mean, so I'm a seven. So on either side of me is a six and an eight. The eight is the highest, uh, is the biggest one compared to the two of the six and the eight. And the eight is, um, the challenger. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I want to say that I'm a challenger only when I need to be. Um, so I'm wondering if that's like, 
your emergency personality. Right, it could be. I don't know. That's that's just how I'm interpreting interpreting it as. Um, well, you mentioned it before though too. There's a reason why you have a little bit of all of these is because, like right. you said, there's a piece of you that might find yourself mm-hmm. in one of these different categories at a different time. Right. Now it might be more rare. So I'm looking at your chart right now. Yeah. Was it the four? Yeah, the four is the smallest. Nobody heard that because I was off mic, but four <laughs> is the smallest one. So yeah, that is probably still a part of you in certain moments, but yeah. way, way less likely than the other ones. Right. And the four is the individualist. And um, it makes sense to me that that's my lowest because it says a four, they want to be unique and experience deep emotions. And um, I know I'm a girl, but that's just not, <laughs> that's just, I, you know, that in terms of experiencing deep emotions, I mean, that can be a lot of things, but um, I'm for the most part, that's not me, at least not right now at this time in my life. So it makes sense that that's the lowest one, but, um, but yeah, this, yeah, this, the chart, I think I don't, I don't remember that being on there last year when I took it and how it explained the wings and, um, and what it means. But anyway, yeah, I don't even know if we understood what it (laughs) meant. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we didn't, we weren't able to find a great website that explained it really clearly so if anybody knows of one please send it our way we'd love to see it but I yeah tell, i was they, telling josh that they need to say that they need a, to put a site um interpreting the enneagram for dummies yes and then that's what we need that would have been way way easier <laughs> yeah. that would have that would have been pretty helpful we probably actually should have had someone on that <laughs> knew about this but that's all right before we started recording but yeah. hey it's okay um but yeah no they have the the wings mean something there's this um stretch point which is the one that's directly across from from you which also signifies something i think there's something called the release um point as well huh. there's, there's all these different things that you can look into it so it's not a, just a matter of hey take the test this is your personality type right. there's a lot of different things that go into it so that's kind of why it's a cool one yeah uh, it is a i think a pretty popular one i don't know if it's as popular right now but like about a year ago yeah it was really popular right um but really we just thought it would be a fun thing to do and kind of talk about because this is one that we've both heard of and we thought we'd give it a shot and see where we came out on the personality chart. Yeah. But the main the main idea of this episode today is, you know, in a lot of the episodes we've talked about, as a coach, you're dealing with different personalities. Uh, as an athlete, you have a different personality when it comes to competition and, and how that shows itself during a practice or a game. And we've talked a lot about that, but we haven't talked specifically about the idea of dealing with personalities right. and as a coach or a teacher like like deb's both mm-hmm. you deal with personalities and yeah. you're not going to have a, a person or a team full of the same personality if you did that'd be very strange mm-hmm. and it probably wouldn't be good mm. because like i remember somebody you know this whole for how many however many years they've had this debate about who's better lebron or jordan right <laughs> yeah and i remember i think it's still going on it's, it's it will it will go on forever. forever it will never end but you know i was listening to one of those espn shows and someone had mentioned maybe it was a podcast i can't remember but they were basically saying okay well and they're like well this will this will help settle the debate it never does but they're like if you had five on five five lebrons against five jordans who would win or who would you rather have and they they argued that right but having five michael jordans on the same team would be terrifying because <laughs> of the type of competitor competitor that he is mm. even still to this day you hear crazy mm-hmm. stories about how competitive he is right that would be a nightmare 
You know what I'm saying? Right. It'd be awful. Now you have other athletes. If you had all of the same type of athlete, right, it'd be just as bad. They might be the polar opposite of his competitiveness, but if you mm-hmm. had five of those people on the same yeah. team, right, it's gonna be a nightmare because you can't work that way. So, right, that's the beautiful thing about sports is right. you have all of these different personalities, these uh-huh. different outlooks on life, experiences, and they come together to pursue a common goal. Yep. But that being said, it doesn't fit together like a perfect puzzle. The coach has to piece it together in the way that's gonna make that team the most competitive and the most cooperative together. Right. How do you do that? Right. That's that's why you have to understand personalities. And I feel yeah. like a lot of our guests that have come on here, you and I have talked about it a lot. We mentioned personalities, but as a coach or a teacher, how do you work with those personalities, the personalities that are on your team? Right. I don't know. It's Well, I mean, and that's like, you know, that's a question that is going to, I mean, that's an answer that's going to be different for every sport and for every team. Like you could have a team full of almost all, I'm just looking at these numbers, like eight, type eight, the challenger. And again, eights, the challengers see themselves as strong and powerful and seek to stand up for what they believe, for what they believe in. You can have like a lot of eights and then like maybe two sixes, the loyalists. Um, it says they're preoccupied with security, safety, and like to prepare for problems. Or you could have a team full of everyone is everything. And, um, I just think that, um, and they, you know, I mean, and I, it's hard because you'll have one coach who, um, who doesn't do well with challenger, the challenger athlete, the one that likes to stand, you know, the one who likes to challenge the coach. And, um, we maybe talk to the coach a lot for like, you know, why is this going on and why is this, you know, um, but then you have, you'll have athletes who are the peacemakers. Um, they like to keep a low profile and let pe- other people around them set the agenda. So those are the athletes probably that don't question coach, don't even talk like nothing like, yes, coach, I'll go where you want. And to be, I mean, to be honest, that's every coach's dream is to maybe probably have peacemakers all over <laughs> the team. But then again, if you have a team full of peacemakers, then who's going to be, who is going to be the, um, the, uh, the enthusiast on the team, like the captain, like the one that's going to get everyone together. And so I think it, like you said, it's good to have a variety of um, athletes on the team. And for a coach to be able to deal with that, that's when a good coaching staff comes in handy because then you have a um, staff full of coaches who are different personality types and who deal with right. it differently. Like I think the the challengers and the peacemakers, they, you know, head to head in terms of you know, communication, the challenger is going to overpower the peacemaker. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's never going to be the peace, the peacemaker athlete who, um, you know, gets a fair, how do I put this? Um, I guess chance at, uh, trying to voice, um, you know, what they believe in and what they, um, want sure. to talk to the coach right. about. Right. Um, I was trying to, as best I could to explain that, but anyway, right. um, <laughs> and so, um, I think it's important to have, uh, different coaches and different personality types. And, um, I mean, and I think every, every coach already kind of knows this, but you don't really think about it in terms of personality types. You just think about it in terms of like, okay, that athlete is stubborn, right? This athlete does what I, you know, they do what I say. That's great. This athlete kind of does their own thing. And that's the athlete. That's the individualist, the type four. And so I think knowing, um, I think for a coach, it's, it's helpful to know these different personalities and to know the, um, descriptions underneath them sure and it kind of will explain why they are that way and then how i guess how you can best communicate with them like um type five the investigator it says they seek understanding and knowledge and are more comfortable with data rather than people so you have those athletes that are obsessed with statistics sure 
and aren't very good maybe communicators with their teammates or coaches and so for a coach to know that that and you know and that person can come off as the type like a selfish athlete um and and i'm not saying this is how all of those athletes are some athletes are selfish and you know aren't really you know um, you know, not, it's not all about this personality, but right. you do have some that they are the type five, the investigator. So for a coach to know that they understand data and work better with that, like maybe sit down and talk to them about their stats mm-hmm. and maybe that will, um, kind of form a better relationship, you know, coach to athlete. So I don't know. I mean, obviously that's a lot of work within in coach in the coaching world. What isn't a lot of work. Right. <laughs> and so, yeah. yeah, I think it's just important to go over it and to know, um, the descriptions underneath it. And I think it would be fun for the coach to have the whole team take the pers- take this test. Yeah, for sure. And so that, and, and for the teammates to know what they are and who their teammates are and what they're dealing with and for the coach and for them to know what the coach's personalities are. Um, I think if every, the more knowledge and understanding that everyone has of each other, the better. Um, and it's just kind of... Um, I think that they'll work better together. Now, going about doing all that is going to look different for every program and every team. Um, but I think that's the best way to start going about it is to just kind of know your personality types and know the description underneath it and um, and just kind of go from there and see if you can, you know, um, kind of work together better. But yeah, but that's a that's a tough one. And that's why we that's why this that's why we tried to tie this podcast, the Enneagram into coaching coaches and athletes, just because, um, when there are so many different personality types and that's when, you know, coaches and athletes start butting heads. It's like, okay, well how, right. How, what can we do to give information, you know, to help these, you know, to help you guys with this. So I don't know. I I say, have your whole team take the test. You guys take the test as coaches. If you can do that, that'd be great. I think having everybody take it would be an awesome thing. Yeah. And like we say with everything, anything we say on here, these are just our opinions. Yeah. We're not experts. Yes, in we are. We're any, experts. Excuse me. We are experts. <laughs> what was your personality type again? Uh, seven. <laughs> the enthusiast. See how, see how enthusiastic she was about oh, saying yeah. she was an expert? Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean it was true. But no. <laughs> but no, you know, it's not the, this is not even, this is not the end all be all either. Right. So, and it's not, I don't think it's an excuse either for, for an athlete that you're dealing with either. It's like, oh, right. he's uh he's an eight. He's the the challenger. The challenger. That's nah, just how he is. Yeah, no. No, no, but it but what it what it does is as a coach, it helps you have a better understanding of how to deal with that athlete. Right. So, you know what I'm saying? So, I think sometimes yeah. you could take that personality test type of thing and say, "Oh, okay, well, this is just how they do things." Yeah. No, that's how they're that's how they typically operate. Right. And how they most effectively operate. So right. it gives you a, kind of a blueprint or a plan on how to communicate with yeah. them best. But it's not to say, hey, this is just how they are. Right. Because, again, that's then discipline comes in too, right? Mm-hmm. Like you, as an athlete, you have to maintain this, um, this discipline in order to be the best version of you as an athlete and you as a person. So, you know, just I wouldn't stick too much to this. Right. But use it as a guide. Yeah. With all these types of things, use it as a guide to help you understand your athletes better. Right. And... I also think that it helps, like you said, the, the the peacemaker and the challenger are gonna do things and communicate things very differently. Mm-hmm. Yep. But by no means does that mean the peacemaker is less passionate 
or competitive right. as the person who's the challenger. They're just going to show it in a different way. Absolutely. That's where you get your, your A-type, B-type personalities, right? You have mm-hmm. the A-type who's very, very loud, is the leader of the mm-hmm. group. Typically, they're going to be the one that speaks out the most. They're going to be... Yep. You can tell who the A-type personality leaders are, Yeah, right? for sure. And you have B-type personality leaders that are more quiet. Yeah. They're not going to be they're not going to have the the megaphone going crazy. Mm-hmm. And I always felt like you have some people that they were they're meant to lead with their words. Right. Their their words are going to be their primary way of leading a group of people. Mm-hmm. And you have others that maybe don't have that same skill set, but their their strongest trait is the example they set. Right. You know, and I'm sure you've seen it before. You have athletes that the raw raw athletes that will get the whole locker room uh-huh. going yep. you know get the the softball they're the ones that get the softball cheers going yeah. right oh yeah and then you have the other person who they're working harder than anybody else in the weight room mm-hmm. they're not going to say a word mm-hmm. but everybody sees them right and it's like oh, okay they're setting the tone because yeah. but they didn't say again they're not mm-hmm. saying hey keep going they're not yelling or anything like that they just do it right just as effective both yeah. of those things are incredibly effective and you need both of those things so you know, again, I think that's that's what's so awesome about these this type of personality test is, yeah. again, it's a guide, but it also helps you understand. Okay, this person who's the peacemaker, they're still passionate about what they're doing. They're just going to show it in a very different way. Mm. You know, the the person who's the the challenger, they're 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 incredibly passionate about what they're doing. That's why it's coming off maybe a little aggressive, right? <laughs> because they're just super passionate about. It. We just yeah. got to hone it in a little bit and rein mm-hmm. it in. You know, especially with. And I don't know if there's any studies on this, but our audience is primarily high school athletes and coaches. Yeah. It'd be very interesting to see what a high schooler's Enneagram test would look like because I imagine my Enneagram, well, maybe not, but my Enneagram would probably look a lot different back when I was in high school than it does now. Yeah. Because life experience and stuff like that. Absolutely. And because of the range of emotions Uh that a high schooler would feel. Yeah. You know, it's that'll just, be interesting. It's interesting. Yeah, I should have my classes take this. My athletes. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be yeah. very interested. Um, um, well, like you said, like when you were in high, so like when I was in high school, I think I, I mean I was for sure the peacemaker. I was the athlete that, you know, put me. You know, where do you need me? Okay, that's where I'll go. Okay, you don't want me there today. You want to? I'll be okay. I'll go back on the bench. Like I just like I I just wanted to be helpful. Like I didn't really wherever you needed me, I go. Um, and so, but it also, but that peacemaker. Um, personality for me when I was in high school I think it also bit me in the butt a little bit because I was also captain um and uh or Mm. like a co-captain and I didn't was not very good at um leading right because I was a peacemaker because I was like okay you know like what whatever you guys want and then my coach is like no you're the captain and I'm like I don't know how to do that (laughs) yeah yeah, yeah. I don't want to you know I don't want to step on anyone's toes like I don't like I was just like I just wanted to go out there and work hard like that's all I wanted to do what was your what was your co-captain um I had two it was okay so I was for volleyball it was on our volleyball team because when I when I played softball we didn't really have set it was me and um a couple other anyway um, a couple other girls that weren't really a set captains when I was playing softball in high school, but I remember for volleyball, and that's what I'm thinking of right now. There were um, there were two of us, and the other one I'm trying to think. She was probably a enthusiast slash challenger because she was a little more upbeat Outgoing. and a little more yeah. And I was sure. super just like I'm gonna put my head down, like you know, like I would talk to my teammates and like I was you know a good you know team player, but right. Um, 
you know, now, like I said, I test a seven now, you know, years of teaching and coaching under my belt. And I'm not that shy girl from high school anymore. Like I, you know, life changes, but I for sure being a peacemaker back then didn't work out too well for me in high school of being a captain. (laughs) Well, but, but let me, let me ask you this. It could be a good thing though. If you have a, a couple of captains, like it's a good balance. I think so. Well, I think that goes back to what I was mentioning earlier, where you may not have been the one who was speaking out loud, mm-hmm. getting the cheers going, firing everybody up. Yeah. But they obviously chose you to be a captain for a reason. Now, yeah. whether it was because of your, your skills and ability or it was because they knew Deb's the one that will put her head down and just work. And work, yeah. And set the yeah. tone for everybody else. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. th- there's absolutely still value to that. Yeah. And just like we've talked about with coaching staffs, Sometimes a, a certain assistant coach may get along better or connect better with certain athletes, more so than the head coach in that same athlete. Mm, right. that's, that's valuable. Now right. the, the, the head coach still has to interact and work right. and manage everybody. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to you know other conversations that might need to be had, maybe a, an assistant coach would be better served to do that because mm-hmm. of the personalities. So mm-hmm. same thing with the captain situation. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know how often this happens in high school sports, but if you know someone may be struggling, they might be more willing to come to you mm-hmm. because of your personality rather than one of the uh, type A personalities or the eights, you mm-hmm. know, the challenger type right. personality. So again, I think that's that's the the biggest thing too. Is it's not just as a coach. I think it's not just understanding your athletes and getting a better idea of how to communicate with them. I think it's also as a competitive team, how do you use these mm. to make your team better? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. How do you use the the skills of the, the challenger? How do you use the skills of the achiever or the giver? All of these things to make your team stronger. Right. You know, and it, yeah, it's a challenge. You're going to have some really challenging teams that it's going to be harder to put those pieces together and some maybe just fit together yeah. like a perfect puzzle right. without much effort. Right. But... That's why these, I think understanding the personalities is so yeah. important. Right. Well, and I'm looking at type one, the perfectionist, and it says that they place a lot of emphasis on following the following the rules and doing things correctly. I imagine um, like um, a, a coach selecting a, a perfectionist as one of the captains, and that just popped in my head right now. I'm thinking of when I when I was coaching softball and just us doing our drills and how. Um, you know, obviously it's our, as the coach, it's our job to make sure they're doing the drills right and doing everything right. But I mean, we can only, you know, they get tired of hearing our voice. They get tired of hearing us drill and it's, and it's good to hear it from their teammates, something that they're doing wrong. So like a perfectionist captain could be like, no, stop this drill. Like, why aren't you going full out? You know, you know, almost like calling teammates out in terms of like accountability, accountability. Yes. Yeah, Yeah. And because they, in their mind, like this, our, this practice isn't going the way it's supposed to be going. Um, you know, it's not, you know, I don't even want to use the word perfectly, but they need to have things done a certain way and it has to be as perfect as possible. Right. And so to that, I think, you know, as an athlete, a perfectionist is also a hard worker in that aspect, mm-hmm. um, because you know, they will practice get it over, over and over and over again until they, you know, until they finally get it right or they're getting on the right path. And so. Um, well, that's that's just, interesting. Yeah, that's just a type that just I looked at it just now, and I was like, I can totally see a perfectionist ca- um, person being w- one of a good captain that could balance the whole captain squad out if you have more than one captain. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, sure, I'm sure. Yeah, I, I think football teams typically do. Yeah. Yeah, and that's interesting too because if you have someone with that personality trait where they're more of a, of a perfectionist, yeah. 
I think as a coach or coaching the coaching staff, you have to be aware of that too because you kind of yeah. have to protect them from them, themselves, right? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Because yeah. just because you have it, that, that's your dominant trait. Mm-hmm. I mean, any, oh, is it too much of anything to, whatever. right? Yeah. You know what well, I'm trying to say? Like, no, too much totally. of anything uh-huh. is not necessarily good. So, right. yeah, this is how you typically operate, and maybe that's your natural mm-hmm. personality at that moment. Mm-hmm. But if you are a perfectionist and it turns, you know, it you turns, start starts being, to be negative. Right. Well, you start beating yourself up as an athlete. Right. And or your we, teammates. Yes. And we saw it all the time. And it wasn't so much um, athlete beating up on teammates that we saw. I mean, who knows? Um, but we would see them beating up on themselves. And that was like one of the, you know, that was, I remember that was a big thing that as coaches, we would try to work together and be like, okay, oh my gosh, look, she's, you can totally see that she's coming down on herself. Like you can just see it all over her face. Mm-hmm. And so that is definitely a type what type what did I say type one perfectionist yeah and so um you know yeah you're absolutely right to make sure that your type one perfectionist athlete isn't killing themselves or you know um for something that like hey look it's okay it's just a game we're gonna start again tomorrow right so they can definitely the perfectionist can definitely go overboard yeah and I think any of those if you look at any uh-huh. of those oh yeah there's a there, there's pro, there's pros and cons so like if you yeah. click on if you um are on the site and it says read more about ones here, read more about the nine here or the eight here, and you click on it, there's a whole you know, slew of it says, oh, this is these are the positive aspects of this personality, but on the flip side, yes. when things go wrong or like when things go south for this personality type, here's what could happen. Yeah, I think it's called a blind spot. Oh, okay. I, I think that's what they, I think yeah. that's what they call it is a, a blind spot. And maybe I'm looking at, or thinking of a different website I'm or maybe that's the common term for the Enneagram. I can't remember, but it's a blind spot where... Oh, it, is that they, what it is? They re, well, they refer, the Enneagram refers to it as um, healthy levels, average levels, and unhealthy levels. Okay, got it. Yeah, um, I'm looking at... Okay, so um, I'm looking right now at um, the perfectionist. It, it says at unhealthy levels, they, um, um, they may... They may there's, oh, there's little room for error. And they can fall into an explosion of rage and fury when principles are under attack, probably meaning they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. So that's at an unhealthy. So anyway, it gives you unhealthy levels, average levels, and a healthy level of the, you know, the different personality type. Yeah, and uh, we've all seen that student in class, mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. always. I, I feel like every year there was one, throughout my entire life, every, with the exception of maybe college, but especially in high school, you did have that one student that was like that. And there was always one moment in the classes I had at least where mm-hmm. that person just said something or was yeah. just too, a little too much. Yeah. And someone in the class just couldn't take it anymore. And they just snapped. Yeah. And it was yeah. always a very awkward situation. But oh, I, I just yeah. sat back there and watched. That was my personality type. <laughs> that was... It's not you, my problem. <laughs> what was that? The, the Were you the peacemaker back then? You just sit back... Oh, if that means uh, the sidestepping the issue, sure. Side it's like, I'm not, I'm not part of this. Sitting on a fence. Yeah. yeah. I was hiding behind the fence. There we go. I didn't want anybody to see me. I didn't want anyone to see me on the fence. No, but we, I mean, you see all the time. And I think that's why you see people in sports lose it too. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That whatever personality type they are, mm-hmm. they, just, they just snap. I mean, why do you... Mm-hmm. Even peacemakers can snap. Oh, yeah. Or maybe, maybe it's the opposite. Mm. Maybe they just become just so laid back or so step back too far step way back to step back way too far where it becomes an issue you know yeah. what i mean so yeah. you know you can always go too far in all of these things absolutely so again it's it's another benefit this whole idea of understanding the personality yeah. whatever personality 
type thing evaluation you use mm-hmm. is, is a good benefit of it. It helps yeah. you understand how to communicate with the person, how to relate to the person better, how to, you know, what to watch out for, yeah. how to increase the, the better parts of that. Mm-hmm. And he has a lot. Well, in something else, uh, an article that we talked about a little bit before we recorded was, what do you do when you have personality, personality clashes? Hmm. Whether it's clashing with teammates clashing personalities or coaches clashing with each other or mm-hmm. coaches and athletes clashing personalities. Yeah. You're a coach. You were a coach. Yeah. You're still a coach. You, you're, not, you're not really not, not ever not a coach. Right. Exactly. That's you're true. Just, you're just not. I'm just not coaching an organized sport right now. Yes. Thank <laughs> you. Yeah. That's the best way to put it. Yeah. But I'm sure through all your, your, your years of coaching yeah. and maybe even during your strength and conditioning mm-hmm. sessions now, I'm sure you see some clashing of personalities. I'm oh, sure you clash. Oh, well, you're a teacher too. Oh, yeah. yes. Oh, I see it every day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> every single day. Um, Absolutely. So, so well, as a teacher or a coach, how do you, so how as do you a, look at that? So if you're, you know, as a coach to athlete personality clash, I mean, just the a quick fix is just, you know, looking at another coach, you talk to her or mm-hmm. you talk to him. Like I can't. And, and that's not a, um, and that's not a, um, I'm looking for the right word, a negative thing on the coach. That's actually a smart move because that means, you know, as a coach, if you're my athlete, and I'm and whatever we're talking about is just not getting across to you or to me or and there's that right. there's that block right there. Then for me to turn to another coach, um, or in the next day say you need go you talk to Josh like I, I can't like this nothing's going on. But it, for me to choose a coach that has a different personality type than me it doesn't have to be the opposite type or even right. your type, but just a different type of personality. Yeah, please coaches, please don't do that. Where it's like no 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 I can't talk to them. They're a five. Um, <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> Because you're a four, they're a five. That's perfect. We can't talk about this. No. Well, and that's, I'm glad you brought that up because in those, because I think, I feel like what you're talking about specifically is in the heat of, maybe in the heat of the moment. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. But that doesn't, uh, is it absolve the coach from responsibility? Uh, no. Did I use the right word? Yeah. Absolve. Absolve. Yes, I think so. It doesn't excuse the coach from responsibility, the, the head coach right. from responsibility. So you're right. Right. Sometimes the smartest move in that moment is saying, Hey, can you, can you, you deal with this? It. Because I know this is not going to end well if we deal with this right now. Yeah. Well, because what can happen is that gives the coach a chance to step aside and to, you know, and it gives um, the athlete a chance to talk to a different coach, adult, whatever, individual about the situation. And then for even that coach to go back to the original coach and say, hey, this is what's going on, this, this, and that. Um, And then for that coach to go back and follow up with that athlete. Because then at that point, hopefully at that point, something is resolved at some level. So then the athlete feels a little better that their voice was heard and the coach that helped resolve that issue can better explain it to the original coach. Right. Um, I mean, you know, talk about um, a third party, but that's pretty much, you know. Sure. Like a mediator. That's what I meant to say. Yeah, for sure. But as long as the head coach goes back and when cooler heads Uh are there, then you have that conversation again because I think it's going to be detrimental for the head coach if they just pass the conversation or the difficult conversation yeah. to someone else uh-huh. and it's kind of it, for me as an athlete it would almost feel like washing my hands of you right someone else deal with this because right. i don't want to and it's right. that you can't really do that as a leader no you can't do that as a leader mm-hmm. of a team no um 
I don't, I don't know if I say this. Well, but no, and I, yeah, but I'm glad you mentioned that because, yeah, it, that is by no means, you know, say, you know, you deal with that and never follow up with that athlete and never talk to that athlete again or, or, to, or have future conversations with that athlete. Yeah. But to have a different personality type, a coach, or even another athlete, like one of your captains, like sometimes that will help better, um, you know, better resolve the issue at hand because, yeah because absolutely be, because personality types are a big thing like it's and it's hard to you know you and everyone thinks they're right i think i'm right and then you're gonna think you're right when we are you know talking about something um and that's just how our personalities are no matter how we communicate it so to have someone else step in um it happens when i'm teaching too so when i'm teaching my pe classes um i'll have um me or another teacher like let's say i have a student who she or he and I aren't getting, you know, something's not coming across. Like I just, mm-hmm. however their tone or attitude or, or whatever they're doing is just not working with my personality. But another teacher will be able to, who may be like, oh, I had them last year. Like they were fine for me. And I'm like, well, why are they giving me issues? Mm-hmm. Somet- sometimes, and not all the time, but sometimes it is a personality thing to where that teacher's like, oh, I don't know. We were just, we were cool. Like they did what I asked them to do. And I'm like, well, they're not doing anything I asked them to do. So for them, you know, for, I would, ha- we, I would have a teacher explain to me, you know, this is how I would talk to them and this is how, and this is how they responded. And I'm like, really? Okay, well, let me try that. You know, it was, you know, it was went against my personality, yeah. but to try, you know, conversating with them in a different way sometimes would help yeah. and vice versa. I would tell my um, fellow, you know, my coworkers like, Hey, I had that kid last year. Like, why are they get you know, why are they giving you so many issues? And, mm-hmm. and so just sometimes for another um, personality to step in and explain things right. to different, you know, personalities can help as well so, absolutely yeah. and there's probably a lot to this but part of our personalities and what makes our personality personalities and develops our personalities is life experience yeah right your upbringing mm-hmm. how you grew up mm-hmm. things that you experience good or bad yeah. and so sometimes that plays a part too where it's maybe it's not even so much personality types that match but mm-hmm. experiences the a coach or teacher that has maybe came from a similar experience that a student. Mm. And so there's that certain level of empathy yeah. that they can they can understand. So that mm-hmm. allows them to connect with them maybe in an easier way than another coach who has no right. idea. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, for example, Absolutely. you know, you mentioned and I don't know I don't know if this ever came up for you, but mm-hmm. in one of our early episodes you had mentioned the um, the passing of your mom. Mm-hmm. And how difficult that was during that time of your life. Right. I don't know if you had any coaches that reached out to you or any friends or family that had something similar, but sometimes when you have someone in those situations, I mean, anybody who's who shows sympathy and empathy is you right. know is awesome. But sometimes mm-hmm. when someone has a similar experience or they've gone through similar challenges, right, it is it is more impactful. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And I've had. I did. I had people reach out to me and then vice versa. As a coach myself, I was able to, um, you know, speak to those who have lost. I mean, I mean, I don't know, maybe not a parent, but just somebody, mm-hmm. you know, and just in terms of how that affected their game and how it affected their practice. And, you know, they're in high school. And so I was able to relate to that and talk to them with that. I mean, but not only that, and I think I mentioned this story a while ago, or maybe I didn't. I'm not sure. I don't remember. But um, in terms of personality, I had one girl a few years ago right away she was I was like that was that's me in high school I looked at her and I'm like I even told her I was like you're just that 
I'm looking in a mirror right now. Yeah. And so, um, just like every, you know, she's was is a peacemaker, and I'm like, that's how I was. And so, um, I, uh, I, and some peacemakers, not all of them, but peacemakers tend to like hold things in too, mm-hmm. and they won't talk about it because they like they want others to tend to things and set the agenda for them because they don't want to step on anyone's toes or um, bug anyone or, you know, whatever. They don't want to inconvenience anyone. And so, and that's how this athlete was, that's how she was. And so, you know, one day she just, I just could tell something was off and I'm like, what is, you know, Mm -hmm. out with it, come on. And so it just, it took her a while, but finally she just like, you know, it kind of opened up and, you know, just was kind of just venting and just got took, you know, got some stuff off her chest. And, um, and so, you know, but then she and I, you know, were, you know, like, you know, I'm crossing my fingers right now. We're like this for, you know, right. because she's like, I, okay, yeah. you get me. And I'm like, yeah, like I, that's, I told you that's how I was in high school. So it just, sometimes it takes for a coach who does have a similar personality to a, to an athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's all it takes is like, oh, that, you know, that used to be me. And, and then, you know, coaches may not realize it, you know, they're not going to say, you know, I didn't look at her and say, oh, that she's a nine and I was a nine back in high school, right? you know, but just so it doesn't, you know, have to necessarily be the exact we're talking about the Enneagram test but just if you can relate to an athlete and just reaching out to them and just making them feel understood Mm -hmm. um, that um, can be very helpful in um, knowing you know their behavior during games and during practices and then like you just kind of know what's up a little better and it kind of and it helps the the team chemistry and so yeah. Anyway, but now, I mean, it makes sense now looking at the Enneagram test. I'm like, oh, okay, it all kind of wraps, you know, it makes total sense now just reading the description. The descriptions are the most helpful, right? I think, for the Enneagram test if you look at everything. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. Um, I'm trying to think, do we have anything else to say about this? I mean, it's something to where, like, you know, if you're, you know, you know, if you're a coach listening to this, you're like, well, yeah, like that's, you know, we kind of already do that. And, and that's great. Like, I'm, I mean, like Josh and I said, we are not experts and people listening to this have way more knowledge and experience than us on coaching and, you know, and, and on this test. Probably everything. Everything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, I think, I mean, just, you know, to kind of summarize everything that we're talking about, I think it just would be interesting and fun mm-hmm. to just explain, you know, if this is something you want to try explain this test to your athletes and um i think i think it's even good for them as you're like individually like for your athlete to know their personality type yeah it does it helps explain things and it helps and and to see the um, healthy levels average levels and unhealthy levels it helps you know the more you know are self-aware of your own personality um that can help your team as well because then you're aware and you're like oh that's i'm doing this okay um right yeah, you're just self-awareness is just always better. Oh, yeah, so for sure. I think it'll be fun to have your team take this and to have your coaches take this and, um, I don't know, have a discussion about it as a team. Yeah, for sure. And yeah. we, we get that certain teams, it's going to be a lot more challenging. A football team right. is going to be a lot more <laughs> tough, but maybe you, you select a few people, you know, a handful yeah. of people that you think, or hey. maybe you're just your captains. Just your captains or, or your coaching staff. Yeah, I, think, I do think it would be an interesting thing. And... You know, my thought towards all of this, um, you know, like you said, Deb, we're not suggesting that anybody goes around with, you know, name tags. It's like, I'm type two. <laughs> I'm, a ty- I'm a type three. It's four. My name's not Deb. My name is type seven. Type seven. Don't refer to me as type seven. <laughs> but my thought is when it comes to com- competition, mm. trying to gain every advantage you can, 
but more importantly, trying to develop these young men and women yeah. into just incredible people that live with character on and off the field. Mm-hmm. Any of these types of things, in my opinion, help. So if you can help them understand more mm-hmm. about themselves, if you can understand how to connect with them better, if you can understand how to get them to work together better as a team, mm-hmm. then I think all of that stuff's worth looking into. Right. And so, yeah. you know, this is just another tool that I think would be kind of a cool way for you to get an, an even better understanding of the athletes that you that you have, right. you know, who are kind of under your responsibility. And like we said, you know, this is just the one we used as an example, but there's plenty of these other, um, I think the DISC assessment is a really, really good one. There's a lot more to that one. Mm. Really good though. Um, And there's a bunch of other personality type things out there. And I'm sure if you have any books that talk about this type of stuff, we always love suggestions. So send them our way, please. Yeah. I think it'd be cool. But yeah, I think, you know, like you said, Deb, um, you might be thinking, hey, I get it. Duh. You Duh, deal with, we you, knew this already. You deal with personalities. Perfect. Well, if you knew it, why are you listening to this? <laughs> but, but it's be, it's beneficial for sure. Yeah, and it's not that long. It, it takes like 10 minutes at the most. Like if you're really taking your time taking the test and um, yeah. you don't have to provide your email, you don't have to pay for it. Like it's super, there's no tracking system on it or anything. I think they I just, yeah. well, at one point I think they ask you like, um, uh, they ask you like uh, your age range, but I think that part is optional. I don't I remember. remember. But anyway, it's it's free. I don't know. It's I free. Just, it's free, you guys. You can take a look at it. Well, like I said, we'll try to add the link. You can yeah. take a look at it if you think it's a good one. Cool. Mm-hmm. If not, then you can find your own. Find and if you hate this altogether, then that's okay. Uh, you can look forward to the next episode, <laughs> which will be with uh, Alexis Johnson. Yeah, and then we'll um, record with her next week, which is which it, will be a fun one. Yes. And not that it really matters right now, mm-hmm. but we're going to be putting... Uh, we're going to post it tomorrow, actually. Yeah, we're going to post gonna, it tomorrow. Which is way after this, but that's okay. Yeah, so... <laughs> but, Q&A. You know, and I haven't talked to Deb about this, so we're just going to put this out there now. <laughs> I think what we're going to try to do, is, especially for people that have been on the podcast, you know, at least once, maybe twice or three times mm-hmm. for some of them, I think we are going to try to start doing Q&As because yeah. we can ask them all the questions we want. We have a million questions that we want to ask our guests, but you're the listener we want to hear what you guys want to ask them specifically so we're going to start i think we're going to start trying to do that with even with even with new guests trying to give you guys a heads up and Mm -hmm. on social media facebook and instagram specifically yeah putting that you know that um out there say hey what questions do you have for this person yeah and then we'll try to answer or have that person answer a few of those questions Mm -hmm. so um i think it'll be a cool thing i think it'll be kind of a new element to the podcast it'll be good yeah well and like you know like you said josh like this this um this podcast is for you know our listeners you guys so um if you're listening and for some reason you aren't following us on social media start doing that so that you can because we post on our stories and on on twitter a lot about just what's going on and um that's where we're going to be posting our q a's so then you can you know chime in and and get your questions in and dart then that way our guests can answer yeah, I think I think it'd be a cool yeah. cool thing. But yeah, definitely check out the the social media stuff. We have yeah. we do motivational Monday quotes that you can share. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, we, do, we have the podcast. We episodes. do Friday, Friday, every Friday. Friday, Friday. Out. Yeah, I would I would like to see more people do those for sure. Mm-hmm. Maybe 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 people are doing them. Yeah, um, I know. Let's see. I know. I feel like BST Faction. His name's Ethan. Mm-hmm. He does them quite a bit. Yeah. Um. He doesn't always share it, but I've he shared <laughs> he shared enough. Where I'm like this dude's yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, mixing it in with his own workouts yeah and there was another coach i wish i can remember his name but he was 
really into it. Um, yeah. And hopefully he's still doing it. Sorry, I can't remember your name. Rude. It's, it was very rude. I should. That was one of those things we I shouldn't have said. Prepared for this one to say, "Crap, who's been doing our workouts?" I'm not. I'm not yeah, a peacemaker. No. So yeah, Josh. Is yeah. Um, well, and I'm trying to get. I'm trying to step into the next generation of recording, like doing short videos of me doing part of the workout. So because I know sometimes on the descriptions, I want I want to put more challenging things there, but to just have the word there, sometimes people are going to be like, "What is that? Like what?" kind of workout unless you like YouTube it or something or so I want to start doing um, videoing me doing it but um, I'm not your basic millennial I'm an older millennial so sometimes I she's, don't know. I don't know she's like how like 45 <laughs> <laughs> and my two weeks notice goes in today <laughs> so I'm out <laughs> uh, please Deb's in way better shape than me and she probably looks younger than me so um yeah, no, I'm just kidding. On both um, friends, that's fine. I can accept it. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, you guys need to follow us so that you guys can um, start, you know, seeing all that fun stuff that we have on. Yeah. yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, I, I do have a question to your point about because yes. when I because I'm the one who puts the workouts on. Yeah. On the I do the artwork for it. Yeah, yeah. So the one that I don't I've seen this a couple times and I have no idea what it means and I. Oh, no. No, that's okay. It's, I, I'm sure other people do because I've seen it other places besides your workouts. Yeah. AMRAP? As many reps as possible. Oh, makes A-M-R-A-P. sense. A-M-R-A-P, yeah. I had no idea. <laughs> I was been writing. I could have been typing anything. Like AMRAP, whatever yeah. that means, Deb. I had no idea. Like, oh, that sounds... As many as possible. So it means like it means you're on a timer. So I don't know if, I, I don't know if it's like 30 minutes AMRAP or whatever. So... Um, okay, so if I have like five lunges, five push-ups, five blah, 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 and I have a list of things... AMRAP means you go through that round as many times as you can in right. a certain amount. Anyway, so AMRAP, as many Perfect. reps as possible. Look at that. Even yeah. if you guys didn't care anything about personalities, hopefully you learned, you learned that about AMRAP. Hopefully. And if not, <laughs> you learn nothing. But that's okay. You get to you get you got to hear our voices and hear Next us. week will be better. Yes. <laughs> with Alexis Johnson. Actually the next few weeks will be really good. It will, we promise. Yes. <laughs> Where can they follow us, Deb? <laughs> you guys can follow us. If you guys on, want to follow us at this yeah. point, you may not want to. <laughs> Twitter, at Sports Character, Instagram at Character Combine, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube. And is that it? And Snapchat is pending. Still pending. Pending Snapchat. Yeah, <laughs> we need, sure. If I get some requests for Snapchat, then I'll really do it. So Maybe. I, Again. Use, I love it. I love the filters. I think they're fun. I, I will, I'll do it. Okay. And that's interesting because I hate it. <laughs> and I have no interest in the filters, <laughs> so this will be a. We should a, make we should make a TikTok account. Oh, here are my two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw TikTok for the first time today. Well, you know who my students showed me. I was like, "What? Who was it? Isaac Sirwanga? Oh, he yeah. mentioned it when he came oh, on our podcast. Okay. And that was really it was pretty new at that point. Mm. And I've seen it. I'm like, mm, no, I'm well, good. We're we're elder millennials. That's why. Yeah, we're like mm. Deb is a little bit older than me. Just a little bit. Mm. Yep. Two weeks. What's two weeks from today, Josh? So basically, my after everything day. that's been said, two weeks for both of us, uh, this yeah. is one of our last podcasts. This might be our last one. November uh, 4th. I'm just kidding. Right I, I enjoy doing it too much. I don't know about Deb, but... <laughs> I, I may not be here in a few weeks. It may just be Josh for the rest of the year. Perfect. Um, Which is either great for everybody or horrible. <laughs> it depends on which side you fall. And Anyways. If, and if you're still listening to this and you didn't turn us off a while ago, we just can thank you. That means you love us. We appreciate you guys. Or you, or you're doing something and you don't. I can't push the stop button. <laughs> okay, oh, can you imagine? Out. That'd be terrible. Oh man, we're just we still talk. We're still going, and they're like, I can't find my. I can't turn. It. <laughs> yeah, like they're like they're uh, 
like their phone fell to the floor or something. They can't, <laughs> they can't reach it. Like no more, no more. Oh Just torture. This All right. Awful. Okay, See you guys. All right. Bye. <laughs>